Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. The Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco, California, along with the extended blind community, just reimagined a daring new Enchanted Hills camp for the blind. The Lighthouse wants to build out the camp to a nationwide year-round center for blind and visually impaired people who want to learn, discover, and transform their life. The Building Blind Ambition Campaign is setting up the foundation to make Enchanted Hills Camp the premier camp from the West Coast to the East Coast and maybe even the entire world. We welcome back Enchanted Hills Camp Director Tony Fletcher to talk about the exciting new campaign. Hey, Tony. Hey, Brian. Thank you for having me back. Glad you're here. So I met you way back when I was just a young teen in Enchanted Hills, just going there for the first time. But first... Tell us about yourself. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, my name is Tony Fletcher. I've been directing Enchanted Hills Camp since 1998. My career actually began in uh, the fall of uh, 1989 when I was hired on part-time to run the youth programs for the Rose Resnick Center for the Blind. Uh, and Rose, of course, was the founder of Enchanted Hills Camp. So I worked with Rose, uh, and then she retired, and her little agency merged into the Lighthouse. So I came over in the merger in 93, um, and I ran the recreation programs and community services programs. And I've been focused on directing the camp only, specifically for about the last 10 years. Uh, And I got my master's degree in orientation mobility from San Francisco State. Uh, Learned about that program while I was, you know, new to working with the blind. Oh, SF State, my alma mater. It's a great school. Great school. Great school for broadcasting, too. That's where I got my degree. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much my educational story and my journey. So I'm now on 31 years of full-time work uh, with the agency. But again, come January, it'll be 24 years directing Janet Hills Camp. Wow, that's a long time. That's a long tenure, Tony. You're you're, you're a veteran. I'm a veteran. (laughs) All right, you got to tell us about Enchanted Enchanted Hills Camp for EHC, or for short, as you and I like to call it. Yeah, well, as I I mentioned, Rose Resnick, who was blind herself, um, she had a chance to go to a camp for the blind back in New York when she was a little girl and fell in love with camping programs when she came out to California in the 30s. Uh, she was teaching Braille, teaching piano. She was a skilled pianist. In the 40s, after uh, World War II, um, one of her friends, Nina Brandt, they were talking about, can we do something that makes a difference? And Rose had the idea, let's organize camping trips. So she started organizing camping trips for blind, low vision kids. And during that time, this is like 1947, <clears throat> the momentum kept building. And she said, you know, I want to buy my own camp, start our, my own camp. So in 1950, she um, came across this property up here, uh, 3410 Mount Vita Road in Napa, California. It had been an, uh, a boys camp for several years and was no longer being used as a boys camp, but it had the, the important things that Rose wanted in a camp, it had access to water, it had a swimming pool, it had a dining hall, although she had, and it just had beautiful nature. So that's when it all started in 1950. She was the founder. And over the years, of course, it's grown. It's not just for for children, but it's also for family camps and adult sessions, adults with 
intellectual disabilities, deaf blind session, music camp, STEM camp, horse camp, a whole variety of things that have grown just really from the inspiration of, of Rose herself as having a vision that you know the, the blind community should have its own camp. All walks of life and this new Building Blind Ambition campaign is going to even open up the camp to even more people. Um, you got to tell us about this Building Blind Ambition campaign. How did it get started? Well, you know, in 2017, we were part of the uh, Northern California fires. Uh, specifically, the Nuns Fire came up and over from Sonoma off of Highway 12, came up over the hill and, and damaged half of our property, half of our, all of lower camp. When you were a kid, you were staying down in those lower cabins and stuff like that. All that's gone. Uh, only one cabin survived down there, the uh, Foss cabin, which was actually the newest cabin that was built down there in 1998. But the old structures, the old roller skating rink, uh, we lost the pool bathhouse, the shade mm. structure. We lost staff house up at the top. So half of the camp was destroyed. Fortunately, key elements of the camp survived, like the dining hall, the lakeside cabins, the lodge, the music room, the art room, the, the horse barn, the swimming pool itself was fine. So we, we continued to have camp, but we knew that here's an opportunity. We have a, a, a clean slate. Let's go ahead and create a modern, custom-designed, universally accessible, kind of a combo hybrid indoor-outdoor camp, and also make it an international training and retreat center. There's 311 acres. I mean, we have this great opportunity. So that's really the inspiration, the fire you know, said, okay, you need to put something back together, but let's reimagine what this is going to look like. And so knowing that we are um, the only real year-round blind camp in California, um, we felt like it's, it's our duty um, to build the best possible facility that we could for our community. So there's this going to be this new year-round national center. That's going to be built. Um, What's it going to look like? What new buildings are going to be there? Well, one of the newer things that's that we were granted by the county, which we were very fortunate because we are in a a agricultural area. So zoning, you can't just go randomly build wherever you want to and how you want to. You definitely have to work with the planning departments of Napa because we are zoned agriculture. Um, One of the things they granted us was a new blindness training lab and STEM center. That'll be down towards the lower camp, right across from the rec field. That'll be a brand new building that we, um, as I mentioned, training lab and the STEM center for science, technology, engineering, mathematics. So that'll be a new classroom that we can have. And it has the ability to have 100, 120 people inside that building for large activities, or you can divide it into smaller classroom activities. The old roller rink is going to be the Forest Commons training kitchen, dining, and program space. So that will go back to the essence. Uh, when, when you were coming to camp, it was a roller rink. But prior to that, that was the original dining hall. So we are going to convert that back to another dining hall, which allows lower camp to have food services and upper camp could have food services. So if it's one group that's 200 plus people, we can all come up or we can use both dining halls simultaneously to, to meet the food needs. Or you could have two, three or four different camps going on simultaneously. So the Forest Commons and then uh, the dining hall will also have an aspect to it where we can do kitchen training because we've had a lot of blind low vision folks over the last 10 years learn um, the trade of working in a kitchen up here at camp. So that's going to be um, created that way. 
We'll have um, six new winterized heated family cabins down there right behind where the Forest Commons is going to be. So that, again, they're winterized heated family cabins. They'll have indoor plumbing and everything. Um, and that's where um, kind of Boys Town was located, but just up on the, mes- on the Mesa. Where the girls' town was located, all those cabins were destroyed. We're going to put four new winterized cabin bunkhouses. So they won't have the bathrooms and showers inside, but they'll have a, a, a bathroom shower house that they will walk to, kind of traditional, but they, they will be winterized. We've already built the new pool house and shade structure, and the pool house is magnificent. We're going to build an accessible multi-sport uh, court, which is at one time, though, uh, it was the corral for the horses, but that whole area is being leveled out. We're putting uh, an accessible sports court, which will have the dimensions where we can play goal ball. We're also building um, uh, a game clubhouse so we can put um, uh, power showdown games inside there, our air hockey, our foosball. Audible darts, kind of a lounge area. So that's all being placed there. Uh, we're working on the accessible farm so we can have uh, a chicken coop and a place for animals um, to live down by the horse barn and vegetable gardens. We've been redesigning the upper barn for the tactile arts center. The top part is working great for woodworking, but the bottom part we still want to convert to um, our ceramic studio. We're also designing, this is exciting to me, miles of accessible hiking trails and capping platforms. But we, uh, it's intentional design where uh, folks will have edges for their, their cane tips to be able to travel and try to stay off just service roads, but actually meander through the woods and stuff to get to your destination. So that's really exciting. Lots of new accessible hiking trails. We've got some new footbridges put in. Uh, we're, we are replacing the stage that was lost, our Redwood Grove Amphitheater. It will be much more robust, and we are putting in electricity and everything down there so we can have the concerts. A fully accessible treehouse, uh, which will be up in the upper part of camp over by the, uh, the old horse corral, the accessible sports court. And here's exciting, a net zero energy footprint. Okay, oh, so yeah, yeah, we are the, the whole parking lot is going to be a solar field. So the cars will park under our solar panels. And so we are going to go solar power. Um, That's very exciting. Um, So we've also been doing a whole bunch of improvements to the infrastructure, the roads, the electrical. The roads will be one of the last things because of all the heavy equipment, but the electrical, water, we increase our water storage capacity by almost sixfold. Uh, We're installing a a, a large water because... Honestly, last summer, we ran out of water. The drought really hit us, too. So we had to increase our storage capacity. Uh, so that's, that's taking place right now. Even as I speak, they're working on up there at the uh, water storage facility. And then also broadband internet, um, which is going to run throughout the camp. So this is all very exciting about what we're doing up here. It's going to take a few years. Some of the stuff is already uh, completed, but we you know, keep moving forward. But we will still continue to have camp even while we're rebuilding. This must include Wi-Fi, right? Exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the campers can log in and, and check their social media, and see, even though it's camp, and see it's a hi to fr- family and friends. I remember we just used to get letters. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. And that's it's still a challenge for us. I mean, we want folks to have access to the internet, but we also want people to disconnect. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So it's can't forget that part. (laughs) That's right. It's okay not to look at your phone. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And we know the Bay Area is one place where a lot of people are looking at phones all the yeah, time. Absolutely. I'm all guilty right. of it myself. I'm not. So it, these are very nice improvements, Tony. Now, I just want to give a little location reference here. Yeah. It's in EHC, it's located on Mount Vita Road. It's That's a correct. very rural portion of Napa, California, about 30 minutes away from the city limits. And um, it's, it's, out, it's out more out in the middle of nowhere. Um, how did li- <laughs> the lighthouse speak out to get Napa County that grant for, for the agency to get these important conditional legal entitlements? I'm saying legal here yeah. to rebuild EHC after the 2017 fires. Well, Napa understands the importance of this facility. They understand it from our mission, our program implications. Absolutely. They get that. They also understand that we are a community center up here on Mount Peter. When they're, when we've hosted numerous events up here for fire departments, county officials, um, community groups, you know, uh, church groups, school groups, um, 4-H club, um, you know, a whole bunch of groups of Napa have utilized Enchanted Hills Camp for their own needs. But it, has, it really came into bearing after the fire of 2017, how we were the, the, the community center to house big meetings and let the neighbors know because we are a little bit more rural up here. Um, there's probably, I don't know, three or 400 houses pre-fire. We've lost about half the house up here that live up in this community. And so this is a place that they also realize, and we are designated Red Cross shelter. If there is floods or damaging, the roads were out, people could come here because we, we have the, uh, the generator, we have the space, we have the beds, that this could be a, a place to house folks. So they do recognize it uh, on that sense, but they also recognize the economic implications. Because we're up here, uh, we do our shopping in Napa. Folks that are coming to Enchanted Hills Camp do their shopping uh, in in Napa. Uh, We provide employment opportunities for local, uh, you know, citizens and stuff. So I I think all those uh, equations came in came into bearing. Uh, But Napa is a very supportive community towards its nonprofit um, businesses, and we are very unique. I mean, we are the agency that provides services to blind and low vision folks in Napa County, and we are um, a, a mission that they want to help support. And Napa has the best grapes in, in the universe. Well, that's why we're zoned ag. I mean, we're <laughs> all of our neighbors for the, the, that have sizable property pretty much are growing grapes. We don't have the wineries up here on Mount Beater like they do down on the floor where people go tasting and stuff. There's only one that's open to the public that's actually up here on Mount Beater. There's a few that are private tasting rooms. You can make reservations. But the grape growing takes place up here, and it specializes in Cabernet. And one of my neighbor uh, friends who sold his property years ago, he's growing, he said, you know, Tony, our grapes end up on the White House table. And he just said, you know, these are the grapes that make the high-quality wine that people like to serve the Cabernets, you know, expensive bottles. Yeah. So it puts pressure on us because there's always someone who wants to buy the Enchanted Hills camp and grow more grapes. But, you know, we're, we're very pleased. We're extremely dedicated. The organization as a whole, our um, CEO, Brian Bashan, 
uh, is very supportive. He loves camp and he understands the implications of what this camp can do um, to make uh, life-changing um, situations for folks. And, and I, Rose saw it in 1950. She felt like a camp is an environment that promotes independence. It promotes, it promotes um, the ability to connect to nature, which he thought was really important, um, but to contribute, to learn, um, to learn value of, of yourself, uh, to be put into situations that were uncomfortable, but you were safe. Uh, you know, Brian has taken that to a level of saying this is immersion. You know, you, you're with blind people 24-7, and the blind have always historically had um, uh, the, the ability to teach the blind. You can go to school, go to class and read about it. But if you have a friend who's blind, who's your mentor, someone who's been through it, whether they've been a, a blind parent or whether they've been a, a blind teacher or whether they've been a blind traveler, um, you know, teaching the tricks, you know, of the trade. And that's kind of what happens up here at camp. It's just immersion. You're just around blindness all the time. You know, last summer, there's 22 of us that were uh, permanent, regular, full-time counseling staff. And 18 of our, of, of our colleagues were blind or low vision themselves. You know, we kind of walked the walk up here. And not this summer because we had to cater because of the pandemic and stuff. But, you know, two summers ago, um, we had our entire kitchen staff was blind or low vision for the whole summer to provide food services. So this, this camp really does create that type of experience up there. Uh, and don't worry. I mean, Lighthouse loves Enchanted Hills Camp. And that's why they're putting, our board of directors are putting so much time, energy, and money into uh, making this place thrive. I remember as a former EHC camper, Tony, how much I enjoyed that delicious food each and every day, whole variety of it, and the swimming and the horseback riding and making those longtime friends, one, one of which I'm still friends with today. It's almost been 20 years wow. since we met. Wow. Yet I also remember I'd come home after the high school session with mosquito bites from head to head. <laughs> Will the new improvements get rid of those pesky mosquitoes? Uh, one of the things that happened after the fire is we lost our bat population for a while. Uh, the bats are starting to come around. Bats are the best mosquito control that we have. And saying that, we have actually built some more bat houses to encourage uh, bats to live up here. But no, I don't think I could ever promise any camper that we can get rid of those mosquitoes, but we could sure, sure try our best to uh, limit the amount uh, of mosquitoes if we can keep the bat population strong. That's great. Um, how can our listeners learn more about and get involved with the Building Blind Ambition Campaign? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that opportunity uh, to just talk about that, but we are, um, of course, a charitable, tax-deductible organization. We're a 5013 um, tax-exempt nonprofit. Uh, folks could go to our website, um, www.lighthouse-sf.org. Um, Information is on our website about that. We are certainly trying to raise. We expect to, um, we're going to need somewhere close to $23 million in private donations to help us 
um, get going. I actually, I take that back. It's more like 10 million is for the blind building ambition program because we do have fire insurance. We do have some settlements with PG&E, but um, we're still looking at probably another $10 million of, of private donations to help us um, get to where we need for all this rebuilding. So I, I always recommend people go right to the, to the webpage. Uh, it has all the information about how to donate, <clears throat> how to earmark your money for it, or to ask questions. Um, um, our CEO is always willing to talk to people that have ideas about how they can support camp for fundraising. And Brian can be reached at B Bashin, B A S H I N at lighthouse sf.org. Or folks are feel free to contact me at T Fletcher at lighthouse sf.org. And of course, all of our contact information is on our webpage too. And if someone is taking note, People can call the the lighthouse directly at 415-431-1481. Again, that's 415-431-1481, and we can help direct. And I would hope that, I mean, I'm I'm a a contributor myself. Every month I have money taken out of my paycheck to go towards towards Enchanted Hills Camp, help support it. And I know others that do the same thing. Uh, It's a worthwhile investment. I feel honored that I was brought on board by the founder of the camp itself. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting a little long in the tooth myself up here, but I feel really, really enthused uh, about what the transformation that the camp is going to and how this will be a facility that's going to continue to impact not hundreds, but thousands of uh, blind, low vision folks and thousands of sighted folks too, that are family members or staff members, or volunteers, or contributors. Um, we are uh, an organization that creates philosophical change, and I'm very proud of that. I think we're really making a difference in uh, the equality and independence of blind people. All right. And of course, it's never too late to think about inten- attending Enchanted Hills Camp next year. When at least COVID will be under more control. Yeah. Um, well- how do our listeners sign up for camp? Uh, February 1st, we should be ready to um, turn loose our application process. Uh, an email um, to the organization will get people in the process. Folks who've attended are already on the, on the mailing list for the camp registration. But as of February 1st, we plan on having uh, three family camps, one of which will be our brand new program, Little Learners, uh, which is working with zero to, to three years of age, uh, blind vision infants. Mm-hmm. We'll, have a, we'll have a Little Learners family camp, uh, two other family camps. Um, we'll have the adult session, the adults with development disabilities, deafblind, youth session, teen session, and music camp. So we're going to try to get back to, to normal. Um, for this summer. Last summer, it was just teenagers uh, because a lot of them can sleep outside and we can do all that. But summer of 2022, we plan on being back to a regular Enchanted Hills camp session. And by 2023, I expect us to increase our ability to do even more. But for 2022, let's try to get back to normal. Kind of what we were doing in 2019. I want to get back to normal too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Tony, I believe that the Building Blind Ambition campaign is going to help Enchanted Hills Camp become bigger and brighter in the near future. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brian. I love the opportunity. Take care, everyone who's listening. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind. 
or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization, topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. ACB Radio, where you're listening, is our business, 24 hours a day.